You're listening to the Sewing and Grown podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. Okay, and we are live with, I don't remember what episode this is. I want to say it's episode eight. You will know for sure when you read this podcast on Apple Podcasts. But uh, we are having our first inaugural, I shouldn't say that because first and inaugural mean the same thing. Inaugural guest, our very own Pastor Mark Bentliff. Welcome, Pastor Mark. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for allowing us to do this uh, at our job. You're welcome. <laughs> we thought it would just be the right thing to do to, to make it happen, make sure you're the, the first guest. Um, I want to invite you to get really close to that mic. It was made in a factory in Korea, but I'm sure it's clean. Okay. So <laughs> we've got new boom mics today, um, which we didn't have before, which I really like. So it allows me to sit back in my chair. And I'm in a swivel chair, so I don't have to do the booster seat, devil seat method that I was using last week. So I'm more comfortable, and I hope you're comfortable listening to our pastor drop some great revelation on keeping the fires burning. Yeah. Before we talk about that, Pastor Mark, a lot of people listening to this podcast probably go to our church, but there are a good number. I, I would say it's safe to say that there are people who don't know who you are at all. So why don't you give us a brief summary of your entire life? In My about 30 seconds or less. Or entire less. life. Yes. I was born in Battle Creek, Michigan in 1959. Uh, moved all to about five or six different states because my dad was transferred with IBM. Ended up graduating high school uh, north of Denver in Niowat, Colorado. Went to Ramo Bible College in 1980 through 1982. And uh, moved to New Creation Church uh, to help with the church. It was a year old. and. Um, have been here ever since. Had two daughters. One's married. Now I have a grandson. And there you go. And you moved back here to Glenwood Springs that long ago. But what's happening at the end of August with New Creation Church? We're having our 40th anniversary of New Creation Church. Wow. That's amazing. That's respectable. Very respectable. So you've had a pretty full life up to this point. It's been interesting. Yes. You've done a lot of things. I want you to say maybe something interesting about your life that people may not know. I know a few things about you. I am your nephew, if people don't know that. But I know a few interesting things that maybe you can share, a few things that you've done that are interesting. Um, putting you on the spot. Not sure. Totally all the okay. things can that I you mean. Can I say something here? I'm going to jump yes, in. Yes, you may. <laughs> he wants to lead this conversation in a certain way. <laughs> and it has to do with working at YMCA and being a trampoline instructor. We're in the middle of... Tokyo oh. Olympics. I've been watching the trampoline. So I'm going to get there. Just tell us about being at the YMCA, teaching people <laughs> on the trampoline. Well, I uh, when I was at Raymond Bible College, a friend of mine went to uh, work out at the YMCA. <laughs> and uh, while I was working out at the YMCA, they broke out a trampoline and I started jumping on the trampoline. As and the, so the guy do. there said, um, hey, you want to teach trampoline to some kids? And I said, yep, I will. The same time, there was a really another great teacher there that taught me some uh, moves on the trampoline. That got the uh, moves. We're good. Uh, well, a move called uh, what I liked. I mean, it's not an intense move if you're a gymnast or something. But at that time, it was called a Cody, which was a back layout to your stomach and then a backflip off of your stomach. I've hurt my spine many times trying to do that. So, yeah, 
Yeah, he taught me how to do a backflip on the tramp. I can teach pretty much anybody, anybody. to do a backflip if they want to in yeah. like three minutes or less. So do, do you? Do we have a form at the church where if we need spiritual counseling or being able to learn how to do a backflip, maybe we should add that to the form yeah. for spiritual advising that you can also teach? We could have a form, but <laughs> we gave our trampoline to somebody, oh. so we don't have a trampoline yeah. anymore. So as we just mentioned, uh, we are celebrating 40 years of New Creation Church, and you've had a huge part to play in that, being there from near the very beginning of it. And in your calling as a pastor, you've outlasted what many have done in that profession, in that calling. But we understand that most people who are listening to this podcast are not pastors, are not in the ministry, but we all should live a life of faith. We're called to live a life of faith. And that's why we titled this podcast, go ahead, tell them. Keep the fire burning. So what we're going to start talking about, Pastor Mark, is keeping the fire of our faith alive over the long haul. Yeah. And uh, that's where we're going to start off. So. Yeah. I heard an interesting statistic. You might be aware of this, but I read it. It was a 2019 Gallup poll. Um, it was saying that 64% of people from the age 18 to 29, so like the millennials, I guess you would say, um, have stepped away from the church. And I think it's safe to say that if they step away from the church, they're probably abandoning their faith to some degree or changing their belief system. I know going to church isn't your ticket to heaven, but it certainly is kind of fruit of a a a life that is healthy spiritually. So it's kind of like an apostasy that's happening. People are falling away from their faith at a young age. Kind of want to discuss that a little bit. Why, first of all, why do you think that's happening? Um, Because it's got, it's gone up before 2019, it was at 50, 54 or 59%. And now it's up at 64%. Well, I think that's a good question. It's something for us to always ponder and look at. But I think to a large degree in our culture and our society, we've drifted away from commitment. And so uh, they're part and parcel together. If you're going to keep the fire burning for any length of time, um, you have to be committed. If we just talk about a natural fire, uh, you know, whether it's a gas fire, whatever it is, if you take uh, the commitment to keep fueling the fire, the fire is going to go out. So you may walk by a fire and think, man, that's burning, that's cool. But it continues to burn because in some fashion, somebody's committed to keeping fuel coming to that fire. I was never in the Boy Scouts. Were you ever in the Boy Scouts, Pastor Mark? <laughs> I was never in the Boy Scouts. We're learning some things about Are you Pastor ask Mark. Me? Something, were you in the Boy Scouts? No. <laughs> okay, glad I asked. <laughs> but I never really learned how to start a fire. And for me, often the success of my fire is how often or how well I get it started. If I have a good teepee, if it's getting proper oxygen. And I believe as a youth minister, we've all been youth ministers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so essential to the length of a fire is how it gets started. And also the atmosphere in mm-hmm. the fire's place. If the fire is being started in the middle of a lake, it's going to be hard to start in the middle of water. So the atmosphere of where people are starting their fires and how they get it started. What's a good way to get your fire started in faith? Well, you know, according to the Word of God, I mean, that's that's a great question, but you have to have some fire starter. And so if we're going to have fuel to our faith, you have to be somewhere where the Word of God is being spoken. So, you know, if we just look at the Scripture and understand the Scripture uh, concerning our faith, that... Uh, 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you're going to stir a fire of faith, you have to be somewhere where you can hear what the word of God, where the word of God is being preached and what the word of God is saying. And so uh, that's the fire starter. That would be the the catalyst to what you're starting. And then certainly um, how you ignite that is you receiving that and, and saying, I believe that, embrace that for, for my life. I remember you talking about even having your youth pastor, Mark Brzee, talking about certain aspects of the Bible of seeing sick healed and things that you mm-hmm. could expect out of your salvation. And that's out of the word. And that created an atmosphere even where those things could be kindled and started. And Is that fair to say? Yes. Yes. There's, you know, sometimes we let the fire go out because we see one facet of the word of God, generally speaking, uh, I'm going to go to heaven. And so a huge benefit. Don't want to reduce that in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Thank God for heaven. There's a he- uh, hell, you know, uh, Brother Hagin used to say, there's a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. And so we're, we're glad about that. But if that's all, you know, we're living with the hope to die and go to heaven, you can get complacent. You can let the fire go out. But when you begin to see that Jesus did something for this life right now, and it has many facets to it, it has many areas that can continue to build and grow, that there's really no end to our growth if we keep fueling that fire, we keep hearing uh, what all Jesus has done for us. So that message, you know, after I was uh, born again and knew that I was going to heaven, it was easy to just kind of begin to go one direction in life. But when I started hearing, you know, what what we see in the book of Acts is alive today for Christians, for believers, that added excitement to my Christianity. It added a degree of curiosity, if you will, or direction to keep pursuing uh, things in my faith. Instead of, I prayed this prayer, I'm going to heaven, and I'll wait till I get there. What's What's available right now? I want to go back to environment a little bit. Um, just thinking naturally, it's very hard, if not impossible, to start a fire like in the rain. Um, but it's just as hard to keep that fire going in the rain. So environment is a huge is a huge deal. And I think that a lot of times, just talking about the younger generation, they might have grown up in a certain environment under a certain belief system. Then they choose to go to school. Nothing wrong with school, but there's a t- an entirely different belief system at school. Their environment changes, and then in turn their fire kind of goes out because they're not really aware that this entire environment is influencing their fire um, and it either puts it out or greatly alters it. So two questions. How do you kind of cement a belief system to kind of stay secure no matter which environment you're in? And then how do you, if this makes sense, change your environment to make sure that the people around you aren't quenching your fire? Does that make sense? Yes, I think it does. I think it's a good question uh, to look at. So there's probably a number of variables. One specific variable is, um, you know, the people that you hang around. I mean, when you think about environments, it's where you are, who you're with, uh, the time setting, you know, that you're there. And so uh, the environment of maybe college or school where um, they're talking about things that have to do with this world, uh, philosophies, ideologies, uh, academics, 
There's all kinds of things coming at you. And so they will influence you. Um, faith is something that within our heart, we've been given the ability to hear and then make a decision what we're going to embrace pertaining to our life. We get to make that decision. So if you're listening, whatever in your environment is being brought to you, whatever's being said to you, and that you're listening to the most will have the greatest impact on what you believe. And so if you eliminate, for whatever reason, you eliminate the aspects of the Word of God from your environment, it's going to be very hard to maintain a faith in God. In the end, it makes sense to you. It's just like I'm hearing all of this stuff that's anti-God, or I'm hearing all this stuff that's an alternative to God that appeals to some area of my life. I embrace it, but if it's without God, then I've embraced something that is temporal and temporary. So who you're around, where you are, is very um, vital. You know, the Bible says bad company corrupts good morals. I'd like to ask something, just because we're on this vein of environment. I'm thinking of when you start a fire and how, especially if you're out in the woods, and I would assume you learned this in Boy Scouts. I'm just imagining, because again, I wasn't in Boy Scouts, but you get under a rock and you get a little kindling and you make sure you're away from the wind and you have to start with the perfect environment. But eventually, I would want a fire that can outlast whatever environment comes. Because if that fire is burning and I want to maintain that fire for the long haul, eventually an adverse environment's going to hit that fire. So I feel like that's the same way with our children, with our students. We try to get them grounded in a very healthy environment, but we want their fire of their faith to outlast the difficult environments they're going to have to face someday in mm -hmm. this world. So how do we make that transition from we're starting a fire in a very healthy, good, uh, safe environment to they have a foundational faith that can withstand and should be exposed to the elements? So if I understand correctly what you're saying, just again, the longevity, if we're, if we're looking to raise our, our kids in the faith that is in God, how do we get them so when they leave home, they, they remain right. faithful? No matter the uh, environment. No, no matter, matter the, the environment. environment. That's kind of like my question. Yeah, but, just a different yeah. way to say it. So from that standpoint, if you... Again, when you're raising your children, consistency. When you're starting, a, when you're starting a fire, consistency is important, right? So, if I'm trying to get this fire started and wind blows through, it blows it out. So right. I have to, so I have to get the calm around it. Mm. I've got to create, make sure that everything is dried out, that I have the proper flame to start it. Once it gets started, it's going to take time. It's going to take some time to get the the fire, the kindling built up and then I have to put some logs on the fire. Mm. But the way that it starts to be more sustainable is after it's burned for a while and you get the coals at the bed. And so when the coals are at the bed, mm. actually if the wind blows, if you have a campfire and you it's established and the coals are at the bed and the wind blows, it can when you're trying to start a fire, it can be adverse. But if your fire starts to go out, and you put a log on it and you have embers, mm. wind blowing actually helps to reignite wow. the fire. Mm. And so, again, environment's very important, but what environment may be detrimental at the beginning 
also may help. If you're out in the, and it blows an ember out of your fire into the forest, then see what a great fire yeah. uh, that kindles. Mm-hmm. So where that, you know, on one hand, it can be difficult to get the fire started. It's something that in the end, but it's really about the longevity, the consistency, again, the commitment to stay with it until you have good uh, coals underneath that are really the red hot. The foundation of your fire yes. is yeah. strong enough. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, when I was young, I like to play with fire. I still kind of do. I think all guys do. Wouldn't we agree? It's kind of fun to play with fire. Um, I didn't get any agreement on that. That's I okay. Like to play with there fire. you go. He was drinking his coffee. We got I him like some espresso. I like to look at fire. I get mesmerized. Yeah, mesmerized. Fire. Yeah, fire is very mesmerizing. Um, but I played with fire a lot. I remember being out in the cul-de-sac, and we started a small fire in the middle of the cul-de-sac. We thought that was pretty cool. And um, we started it in a five-gallon bucket. And I had the bright idea of taking a can of Axe body spray, which high school, middle school, that's like, that's the, your thing. You spray Axe body spray all over yourself and you uh, use it as a flamethrower. I threw that in the fire and it was a massive explosion, tons of heat. It was crazy. All of the neighborhood dads came out at once. I don't think you were home because you did not come out, but uh, we lived on the same street and they were all very concerned. We got in trouble, but it was a massive fire for a brief moment, but that was not enough fuel to keep that fire going at all uh, at all and it actually it died out. And so how I'm relating this is why are people so obsessed with moments and you know we we might go to a conference, we might have a special experience with God whether it be at church, whether it be alone, but you have an encounter, you have a moment and it's almost like throwing that axe body spray right in the middle of that fire. Boom. Amazing. Everyone's in awe. You're in awe. It's life changing for that moment. But then the fire goes out. Why is everybody going from moment to moment? And why can't that sustain your fire in life? Well, yeah, you have all kinds of different kinds of fire. So the excitement, I'm with you. If we could find something that blows up, (laughs) awesome. And so I believe there's seasons where in our faith, we want something to blow up. We want to see the supernatural. We want to see something uh, spectacular. And uh, God has done things spectacular to draw us and draw us around that. And then sometimes we want a bonfire, you know, a bonfire is like where where people come together and uh, stand around. But if the bonfire is burning hot, you can only get so close to the fire um, when it's burning. And so even though we like it, it, it produces light, it's a big fire and you're at a bonfire, you want to be as big as it can and people gathering around. But the one that actually brings help and heat, if whether you're talking about you're around a campfire when you're out there or you're talking about your wood-burning stove or all of that, you're not looking for the big flashy flame. Right. You're looking for the continual flame yeah. wow. that produces heat for your home, that produces the ability to cook your food. You're looking, you're not looking. I mean, when you put your your steak on a grill, you know, you're trying to spray that down so that flame doesn't sear the outside and blacken it and the inside still raw unless you like raw meat. You're looking for the flame that will cook it uh, just right uh, through and through to the Mm. degree that you want it cooked through and through. So that takes a steady flame. When you're wood burning in your home, you don't want a big fire that burns your house down. You want a consistent flame that keeps going. So we all love the flash uh, because it draws us. It draws us. It it heightens our awareness 
but the longevity and the help that comes from the consistent mm. plane. You know, the key to cooking a good steak, low and slow. So that consistent burn, that consistent flame that can cook that th- through and through, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is going to be way better than a quick, crazy sear, a quick, crazy explosion. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was maybe life-changing. You think it's life-changing for that moment, but really the steady, consistent burn of the Word of God, of the Spirit of God in your life is what really changes you from the inside out. Right. The explosion, you know, the crazy high heat blackens the, you know, the outside of that meat. You're like, wow, that looks, that looks like it was cooked. You cut that thing open and it wasn't. Right. Low and slow. And I just think of with the fire and how some people in their faith, they can get showy with their faith. And it seems really bright, seems really flashy, but people have a hard time getting close to your life. And there seems to be a little bit of a resistance or, oh, I can't get close to that. But even Jesus walked with a life where people could get close to his life and experience the warmth, experience the benefit of the fire and Mm -hmm. finding that balance of having, I'm having show, I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to bring about the glory of God, but people can't get close to me to saying, no, this is something that may not be as showy, but people can come close and enjoy and partake of my flame. Right. I agree. I think that just we as people, no matter what it is, you know, if we only have the low and slow, if we only have the fundamentals always working, um, it just seems to be too low and slow. Mm. So there's aspects always that come from the slow burning fire. If you have a slow burning fire and you want to kick it up a little bit, you stoke the fire and you get it, you get it burning brighter. If you, you go to a ball game, you know, you go to a ball game, unless you're a pitcher, you don't necessarily want to see strikeouts all the time. You you want to see a perfect game every now and then or a no hitter, but you like the home run. That's good. But really it's the, the defense, it's the base hits, it's all that that gives you the ability to win the world series, right? It's the fundamentals, the, the, when you're operating the fundamentals, football or whatever we, we love in inspectating, let's just put it that way, inspectating, we love the bomb, you know, mm-hmm. the big long pass. We love the home run. We we love the big things that cause you to stand to your feet and go, man, that was magnificent. But every team player knows, you know what? Thank God for the the quarterback and the the end that can run, you know, like lightning right. to accomplish that bomb. But without the linemen in the trenches, everyday blocking, those things don't happen. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in the spectacular, the bomb. We look at those two things and we're like, man, what an arm, what, what speed the guy has. And we totally forget about the linemen, the blockers. Yeah. And so in our faith, we can, we can look to the miracle. We can look to the flash, which we don't even do, don't even think we're doing away with that. We, we no. want those things. But to sustain us through life, it's the fundamentals of the Word of God and how they apply to our life and developing the life. And when your life is developed, when you develop the fundamentals of hitting and you have strength, you're going to hit some home runs. When you develop a life of faith that's consistent, you're going to have some miracles. You're going to have some fire. I've, we've talked about this in the podcast, and I think it, ha- it goes hand in hand with the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. Often we desire the gifts of the Spirit, the working of miracles, the tongues and interpretation, the gift of faith. And that can be flashing. It can be, whoa, people can see that. But the people closest to us, 
really can draw close to a life that is developed in the fruit of the spirit and the love, joy, and peace. That's the, that's the continuous life that every now and then you take that starter fluid or whatever, and you squirt it on the fire and you like a little flash, but you want that maintenance burn mm-hmm. of a life committed to the spirit and word of God. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so in Leviticus, you know, chapter six, it gives instructions for the priest and it's talking about the burnt offering. And we now know, you know, we are considered kings and priests. And so, uh, you may not be a, if someone listening to this is not necessarily a minister in a pulpit, but if you're saved, you are called to be a priest and you're really the priest over your own sacrifice, which would be your life. And it talks about how every day that priest is to move the old sacrifice off and put a new one on, put fresh wood on every single day, keep it burning, keep it burning. So what are some maybe practical examples, practical steps on how you daily keep that fire burning um, in your life? Like, what do you do every single day? Um, I endeavor every day to get up in the morning and uh, begin to thank God for the day. Thank God I'm saved. Bring thanksgiving. Um, spend time in the Word of God. Uh, pray. I mean, those are just basic, and some days to, you know, just to be honest, life comes crashing in, something interrupts that, and then you don't do that because you're distracted. Well, the sacrifice is saying, here's my life, here's some of my time, here's my time, Uh, I'm going to lay this before you Mm -hmm. and allow you to take that sacrifice and and burn it, you know, Mm -hmm. burn up the chaff or create that renewed fire, uh, on the inside. So it, you know, whatever your time of day, I know some people are better at night, but whatever your time of day, how am I going to, to give this just practically daily service to God, just carving out some time to, I I think, you know, sometimes we just say, this is my time, but how do you get that going? Again, you get the fire burning. How do I get something going at the end of my day or the beginning of my day that carries out through? So if I have my study time, my prayer time, and I start running into things in the day, hopefully what I've studied and learned is going to keep going on. And if I keep that consciousness or meditation of my heart, I keep it moving all day. I think this is just a thought that came to me, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, is that Paul said that our lives are a living sacrifice. So if we're going to keep the fire burning, we have to put ourselves up on the flame. And that to some degree, becomes the fuel for the flame. And two things are going to happen. First, what is chaff and what is not pure is going to get burned up. And then secondly, what's pure is going to get refined. But none of that is extremely enjoyable Hmm. in the process. But if we can recognize that even though it's not enjoyable, that's what's necessary to keep the fire burning, we'll have maybe more motivation to keep offering our lives as a living sacrifice. Do you agree with that, that Maybe that's why some people's fires go out is because they like, wow, I'm presenting my life and they have to put their life up there. And as far as I've experienced, that is not always the most enjoyable process. But if you can see the hope in that of what is to come, a life that is long lasting and a faith that grows, doesn't diminish, it's worth it. Yeah, I would agree. I, you know, the fact that you give your life a sacrifice and the talking about things being burned up, uh, removed from your life that you've held dear for whatever reason, even, even if it's hard, that stuff being consumed is sometimes difficult. 
But again, seeing that stuff burned away and the purity of what God's design come forth. And that's the that's the commitment, that's the patience of really keeping the true fire burning and the loyalty to it that I'm going to stay with it. Mm-hmm. Because immediately, just at going to the fire, it's like, man, stuff's burning. This is hot. I, w- I would love to get off of this altar right now. Mm-hmm. But as stuff starts to be consumed, that you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose everything. But then when you realize what I'm losing isn't really the source of my life anyway. And when the things that have been added to or weighed down or brought in burn up and you start to see the very source and purpose and meaning of your life begin to reveal, which takes time. It takes commitment. It takes loyalty to the process to see that start to come forth. When it does, then there's a joy of your salvation, a joy of what's what's there. But usually we jump off the altar because it gets too hot and we feel like stuff's burning up we don't want to. Then after it cools down, we jump back on the altar. But if we stay there until the real source of our life becomes revealed, that's when you, what you said, you know, you start to see the joy in the... You have to burn up what is not right to get to the joy of what is right. Right. Most time we keep getting off when it starts to burn and then all we ever experience is the difficulty of the burning. Been there. I've been there. <laughs> well, I just thinking there's kind of two types of fire. There's the fire that burns things away. That's kind of painful, but necessary. And then there's the fire. That's kind of like the joy of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. on the inside and that passion to live for God every single day. And I think about that song we like to sing here at church called fill me up. And the verse of it goes, you provide the fire and I'll provide the sacrifice. But a lot of times, like we're talking about, it's it's very painful for us. We don't want to do it. It takes diligence. It takes getting up. It takes that consistency of, you know what, I am going to get in the Word today. But when you make that choice, even when your flesh doesn't feel like it, and you put that on the altar, if you're faithful to provide the, the sacrifice, He's faithful to provide that fire. And once you get into it, I feel this way all the time. Sometimes I get up and I'm like, the last thing I want to do is read my Bible, or the last thing I want to do is pray. But if I make that decision and get into the Word the fire of God comes and it's like, whoa, this is great. Oh, I'm getting revelation. Wow. And so I think people just get way too discouraged because they're being led by their emotions and, and just how they feel in that moment. Yep. And one thing I've learned is that commitment is really all about sticking with the decision you you've made long after the commitment you've made it in leaves. So if you're committed to God and his word, there'll be times when you ain't feeling it. Mm-hmm. But if you make the choice, you're faithful with the sacrifice. He's faithful with the fire. Yeah. I agree. We go back to atmosphere, right? Sometimes we make our commitment in a certain atmosphere. Mm. Then we leave that atmosphere and we leave our commitment, right? So when you commit to marriage, you're in a certain atmosphere of, you know, the goosebumps, the, Mm -hmm. I love you, the, the passion of the moment, if you will, uh, the anticipation of we're going to live life together. And then all of a sudden you start to fall into the responsibilities of life and the having to mingle the differences together and the sometimes working through the conflict. And if you don't have commitment, then you quit. But if you quit before basically the resurrection, you don't have the fullness of that. So it really takes commitment. A lot of people haven't seen the fullness of what they committed to because they quit before mm-hmm. that place comes. And so, I mean, I'm thankful in my marriage when we're talking about keeping that going that, you know, 
there's been times where it would have been easy to quit. But if we would have quit, we wouldn't have seen the next level of uh, relationship and love and the next level of what God had for us come about because we quit before that came. And so, you know, when you talk about passion and atmospheres, where you make that commitment, um, Jesus made a commitment to come to the earth and do all that. But when we talk about passion, we talk about the passion of the Christ. It all works together, the fire, you know, the different types of fire that take place. But that passion, uh, the passion of the Christ actually means suffering. But because he was committed to the suffering, he saw the resurrection. Yeah. And so, so often we're not committed to the suffering, so we don't actually get to see the fire of the mm. resurrection, right? The Holy Spirit fire that we like, because we didn't allow ourselves to go through the suffering of burning up the sin and the chaff that goes there. And so it's kind of what's in between there that now it starts burning. We stay with it through that place until now the newness of life or, or the reality of what we've been believing for begins to spring forth. Well, we're about done with this podcast episode. And the way we like to end, Pastor Mark, is with the wisdom of the day. It's our one takeaway of the day. And normally, Jonathan provides one. I provide one. But today, you get to provide one as well. Uh, Jonathan, what would you say your wisdom of the day is, your takeaway? <laughs> um, I would say my wisdom of the day that I got is, oh man, I just lost my train of thought. Well, let me jump in. You jump in. Uh, I got a word. Wisdom of my day is that I, I was really picturing and thinking, what is the fuel for this fire to keep it going? And it just really hit me today that my life is the fuel for the fire. And when I present my life, it's not going to be comfortable at first having that wood, hay and stubble burned up and even the refining process of what is pure is not going to be enjoyable, but to go through that and recognizing the first place to look to keep the fire burning is my own life and presenting my life upon the fire and uh, letting that fuel the flame. I got mine is what he had just said that passion means suffering. So whatever in life I want to be passionate about, I have to be willing to suffer for it. And so there is a part of my flesh suffering with the fire of God burning that stuff up. But if I can get through that suffering, then the fire that I do really enjoy, which um, would be the fire of the Holy Spirit, you know, on the inside of me, um, you know, that really takes place. But you have to be able to endure some suffering for the things that you're truly passionate about. And last but not least, Pastor Mark. Last but not least, one of the ways to, I'll just be scriptural, one of the ways to keep your fire burning through times when it doesn't seem like it's working for you. In Romans chapter 4, it says that Abraham uh, strengthened himself in faith. In other words, he kept his faith fire burning even when Isaac didn't look like Isaac was going to show up because he gave glory to God, knowing that what God had promised, God was well able to perform it. And so when it doesn't seem like it's happening and it's easy to abandon our faith. If we'll turn that from abandonment to looking to God and glorifying him, knowing you said it, you'll bring it to pass. My faith is in what you said, not what's going on right now or how I feel about it. It then returns and fuels that fire, keeps it burning. That's good. Nice. Well, we're all endeavoring to keep our fire 
burning. It's part of sowing and growing. If I'm going to grow in life, I've got to make sure that there's wood on the fire. And I just like to say a good place to keep your fire burning is not normally inside a building, but I'll tell you what, your fire will grow in the house of God. And if you don't have a church that you go to, come and visit us at New Creation Church if you're local. Uh, we have three services on Sunday and Pastor Mark brings the word 8.30, 10.30 and 6 o'clock at night. New Creation Church of Glenwood. Pastor Mark, yeah. thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having me today. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Would you mind praying us out? Okay. Father, we just thank you for uh, your goodness. We thank you for the Spirit of God and the blood of Jesus that has redeemed us unto God. Father, I just thank you for the blood forgiving us, washing us, and cleansing us, that through that we have a newness of life. I thank you, Father, for everybody listening today, that the power of the Holy Spirit and the witness of the Spirit of God and salvation will rest upon each and every heart, each and every life, that we might understand and that we might have faith in what Jesus has done for us to release us from sin, condemnation, and guilt, that we might live in the joy of the life that you provided for us. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you again. And uh, we look forward to, I was going to say we look forward to you listening to us, but that's kind of conceited we just <laughs> we have a hard time because we say see you but you don't see us you listen to us on yeah. the podcast so we look forward for you tuning in to the next <laughs> episode of sewing and growing with j and j and we'll have more guests to come and pastor mark we'd love to have you back sometime love to come back anytime yes awesome. he wants to be back